Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by National Roper Supply. NRS has been providing quality Western wear and horse tack since 1989, and they are proud to be the number one Western store in the USA. From functional and fashionable Western wear and horse tack to essential livestock and horse supplies, NRS carries the products you need at prices you can afford. NRS is a one-stop shop for all things Western. NRS also carries our new line of modern cowboy brand apparel, caps, t-shirts, and hoodies, as well as the Cowboy Way protein powder. And for our listeners, use your special discount code, MODERNCOWBOY, at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. And I just would like to thank all of you, our podcast listeners and customers, who have supported the Modern Cowboy brand and have been a part of our community since we launched in 2018, as well as all of the amazing guests who shared their stories on the show. Just remember, Modern Cowboy is the brand for the cowboy in all of us. Today's episode is also brought to you by the 12th Annual Navy SEAL Danny Dietz Memorial Classic. This event will be held on May 28th through the 31st in Decatur, Texas at the NRS Ranch Event Center. The weekend will be filled with team roping, barrel racing, as well as many special guests. So come out and join us in honoring and remembering our fallen SEALs. Proceeds will benefit the Navy SEAL Danny Dietz Foundation and the Navy SEAL Foundation. Go to dannydeetsmemorial.com for all the details and tickets and see how you can help. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to have my guests on today for, for several reasons. Uh, I actually, I, I never met Talena before, but I met her dad uh, just kind of by by chance. Uh, we're building a, a house down the street from where her dad lives, and we got to talking, and and he ropes, and used to ride bulls when he was younger. So then he just started telling me about his daughter, and and uh, he said that she had this company she started where she does uh, horsemanship uh training and and riding lessons and and then she also did something else with with dogs well 
as usual, I always look everybody up on their on their social media. So I, I looked it up. I looked her up and I saw this girl walking. It looked like a hundred dogs. I don't think it was, but it, it was a bunch of dogs. And I and I I'm not even sure if they were all on a leash, but it looked like some were, but it was it looked like uh, controlled mass chaos. So uh, that right there intrigued me. And so I've got her on the podcast today. Uh, Talena Campbell from uh, Marietta, California. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Thank you. So we were talking just a little bit before, and you you live in California, correct? Yes, I do. And yeah. we, we were talking about uh, your company, which we'll get into here. And then we, you said that you worked for a hunt club uh, where they do fox hunting. So mm -hmm. being in California and being fox hunting, uh, how does that work? And do they uh, do they actually, you know, hunt the foxes and and you know kill them or i mean what's how's that work it's definitely a little different so we are a no kill hunt okay. so basically we just do scent work with the hounds and we hunt coyote instead of fox since there isn't enough foxes around here um and it's all about just watching the dogs work and then getting the people out there just to experience it and that kind of thing and since we don't have permission to go on certain properties, we can only hunt certain areas. So generally, when we get on a coyote, they'll kind of run a few laps and kind of play with our hounds a little bit. And then when they're done, they just run to the nearest fence line and we're not allowed to cross it. So we have to call the dogs off. That's generally how it goes. Um, every once in a while, they'll catch one, but it hasn't happened in like 20 years and I've never seen it. <laughs> but, oh. So it's mostly just for sport. <laughs> So and then and how many dogs in that that one picture I was uh, I saw of you on your social media? How many dogs do you have or handle at one time? So right there, there was nine and a half couple, and so nineteen hounds. Man, that man, that's a lot of dogs. And uh, did, did you have them all on leashes, or were just some on leashes? Or? No, so they're all loose. We do with the younger ones or the ones that aren't as reliable. They do get coupled to an older hound, so that's okay. just where they're tied with like chain and collars just for the walk. And then okay. once the walk is over, they are on their own. Okay, so some of them are are I I, I just I just caught that some of them are coupled. Mm -hmm. that keeps them keeps them connected because they all look like they're going in the right direction and behaving themselves very well so yeah they're really good hounds they are they're really good for the most part so now when when they do the uh these uh these hunts are are you on foot or horseback how do they do it is it traditional fox hunting not that i know a lot about it but you know i've seen a few movies so yeah it's traditional fox hunting so we ride horses and we use english saddles and we'll have a huntsman and whippers in out front controlling the hounds and then we'll have three different fields of people viewing the hounds so we have first field which is a lot of jumping and running and they stay up with the huntsman and the whippers in and then we have second field which is a little slower and jumping's optional and we have third field, which is more like a trail ride. It's a lot of walking, trotting, no jumping. So no matter your skill level, you'll have somewhere to go where you can still come out and enjoy the day. So is this is this something that that anybody can come there and participate in, or? Yeah, it's a public thing. Yeah. So I, I just you know, and and I'm fr I'm from Northern California. I mean, I live in California a lot of years. <clears throat> Do you guys get any uh, you know pushback from any certain you know? groups in california anti-hunters or anything like that 
We haven't had anything major. The biggest issue we've had has actually been with our hound truck whenever I drive the hounds around. Mm -hmm. And I, I've been on our little Facebook crime page a couple of times because people <laughs> think that I'm taking the hounds to slaughter or something. Oh, God. <laughs> so that's, that's the worst I've gotten. But as far as like once they get introduced to our club and how things run and they see our kennels, they see that these hounds are treated very well and that we get them out, get them exercise. They're probably better taken care of than most pet dogs you know yeah um, and once they start to understand it then we don't really have any issue and we've been in the area for so long that most people know who we are and what we do yeah now do you guys have horses there that if someone comes there and, and they don't have a horse uh, that they can actually rent a horse yes we do so our huntsman terry Payne, he has a farm called king called kingsway farm mm -hmm. uh, they do a lot of eventing there and then he does all the hunting so he has uh staff horses so those are the horses that all ride and he rides and that kind of thing and he also has horses that people can rent and we have all different levels so if you want to go out and jump and get the fast fast experience you can or if you want to go in the slower fields we have horses for that too now, is this something uh yeah, and I know you have another business, and so we're gonna, we're going to get to that. But at fox hunting, had you done that before, or or was this? Are you more involved with the dogs? Uh, how, how, what you know, what what got you into this? So I actually didn't even know that they did it in California. I just thought it was like an England or back east thing. Right. Uh, and then the girl who had my job before me, she had to quit really abruptly. Just some things came up, so it kind of put. Uh, the club in a tough spot where they had no one to take care of their hounds. And our huntsman, Terry, he goes way back with my grandparents. They've just known him forever. Okay. And they just mentioned that I ride horses. So they just contacted me out of the blue, seeing if I won the job. And I took it. <laughs> and how and how long have you been there now? Uh, About a year and a half. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Well, that's very interesting. I I've, I got to look more into that. It, it's it's probably way out of my league because we we mentioned English saddle and and we're uh, actually very <laughs> open to all that. Like traditionally, you're supposed to wear an English saddle, but we don't care. Like we get Western people that come out and do it, and it's you know they're the like I always kind of have a joke with my kids and stuff like, oh, those are the English people across the street. You know what I mean? Like they're so <laughs> seclusive. But with the hunt club, they're just the kindest, most open people you'll meet. And they want anyone and everyone to come out and try it. So it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, what you ride. Everyone can come out and have a good time. Uh, that's very cool. But unfortunately for me, when I when I go to do something, it's like I've, and my wife always tells me this, I've got to go all in 110%. So I'd, I'd have to have, I'd have to have everything like traditional. I'd have to really look the part. So I'm, I'm like the real deal. Okay. Uh, we'll just give you some good <laughs> sticky glue then. Then there, you can you just go. fly over the fences. The horses know what to do. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Some Velcro. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. just stick you right in there. Yeah. Well, that's super cool. And, and it's, it's so interesting to, to find that out and, and actually, makes me really happy that you know you're able to do that in california still mm -hmm. and uh, now <clears throat> how big an area do you guys do you guys hunt in and work so the dogs we hunt, in? uh we hunt on private ranches so i don't know the actual ink acreage but they're, they're big like four thousand acres about okay yeah and um so whenever we go out and hunt our horses will run like 15 miles um man it like it's it's quite a lot of land and we're not we can go pretty much wherever so it's pretty open. It's a lot of open fields. And that's a big difference from hunting in England or back east or anything because they have so many trees. 
but where we're at it's a lot of open fields you can see the hounds really well and you just it's just much more fast-paced because there's not all the woods and everything that you have to work through yeah very cool now the coyotes that you guys um put the dogs on are are these always wild coyotes or do you guys have I mean, I know this might sound weird, but do you have any that you can like let loose or how, how does that no, work? No, they're always wild. Um, and since we don't kill them, they will learn who we are. So we have what we called cubbing, which that's at the beginning of the hunt season where we're training puppies and training mm-hmm. young coyotes. So they'll learn that we'll just chase them for a little ways, then we'll call the dogs off. And they learn that it's a game and it's not scary and we're not something to be feared. And so then they'll start actually kind of playing with our hounds a little bit instead of just booking <laughs> it to the fence line. Yeah. Uh, and it gets really entertaining. So they, uh, they're all, they're just the same ones there. That's very, very interesting. So cool. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, let's move on to, um, to your other business. Uh, you know, when I was talking to your dad, uh, we, were, we were just talking about all kinds of things and, and uh, had, had a, had a real nice time talking with him and, and, you know, he mentioned you and, and then he said, yeah, my daughter um, started this this company and now she's actually got a couple of people that are, you know, working for. Her. So tell us tell us about that. Tell us what what's the name of your company and, and how you got started doing it. All right. So it's called Strides Academy and we do it at my barn called Juniper Trails. It started out, it wasn't a school at all, and it was just me doing lessons and just kind of picking up work here and there. And I was kind of in between colleges, and I had just planned on doing it for the summer. And then I ended up really enjoying it and getting going with all that. So I just started growing it and growing it, and pretty soon I just had way too much demand. So me and the barn owner, we got together and made this full curriculum and started training people up. And now we have two other coaches who train my curriculum and get the kids going and then I take them when they're more advanced and work them through we have levels that they work through and it's just a really well-rounded horsemanship base and then they get out and kind of start to explore different disciplines and see what they really like and what they'd like to pursue in the future yeah and then and how how young were you when you started started riding got involved with horses uh I don't know that was uh that that was like before I could remember I've just always done it (laughs) And actually, one of my lesson horses, he's 29 now, and my parents bought him before I was even born. And my mom trained him like while she was pregnant with me and everything. And then whenever I got older, I started riding him. And now he's he's one of my lesson horses and he's great. Well, that that's that's interesting. Interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I'd forgot your dad had told me about that. And and now wasn't the horse kind of was it a barrel horse before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and wasn't this horse a little bit? Uh, you know, um, hard to ride or wasn't, was there some problems with it or something or am in I the beginning? Yeah. He, um, so he was off the track and he only ran like, I want to say three races <laughs> and uh-huh. his times were terrible. He didn't try. He, he just, he wasn't into it. Right. And so a family <laughs> bought him for their, I believe she was six at the time, their daughter to start barrel racing on. Right. And, um, so that didn't really work. Cause you have a four-year-old off the track and a six-year-old learning how to do barrels. And so yeah. <laughs> he learned, uh, he kind of learned that whenever you go into the barrels, it's easier to just run back to the gate and not do anything else. And so he, he had a lot of issues with that to where he would like rear up, he would break tie downs, he would run through anything. And, um, and then my mom worked him through all that. And she said there was even times where the first big rodeo she hauled him to, she it was in California and she hauled him all the way there. And he had been doing really good at all the smaller rodeos and jackpots and everything. And then she goes running in there and he just stops at the first barrel and starts rearing. 
Oh, <laughs> I was like, man, after she drove all that ways. But since I've gotten older and I've known him, he's always been so easy. And he's a very like now he's just super straightforward. Same run every time. He's just solid. And did you junior rodeo on this horse, too? Uh, yeah, I did. I juniored on quite a few different horses, but he was always my main barrel horse up until he was about 25. Then he kind of started slowing down and needed to take a step back. But I did the Grand Canyon Pro Rodeos off of him. I did the high school rodeo, junior high rodeo, QCJRA, HRA, all that stuff. Very cool. And he's 29 now. Yeah, he is. So when you started the, uh, the horseback riding lessons and training and stuff. Uh, did you have a, a curriculum or did you build the curriculum as you go on, on uh, you know, how you're teaching people? Yeah, first I didn't. And I just kind of took it day by day, just based off of each individual kid, what they needed to work on and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And just use my past experience. But now that it's getting bigger, I wanted to just really make it well-rounded because whenever you're kind of doing it day by day, there's just kind of little things that you might forget or not think about for that one kid or whatever. Right. Um, so I, then I just took a step back and I wrote down everything that I think is important to be a well-rounded horseman. And then I separated it out by difficulty and the order to learn it and that kind of thing and just built it up from there. And now we have a pretty strict curriculum that we stay on. And I do still do like the individual one-on-one -on -one lessons mixed in. I like right. to do one curriculum lesson where they're just going strict on it. And then one with whatever the kid wants to work on. Um, that way they get a balance. Yeah. And then, do you see, uh, are you seeing like an increase in interest or increase in growth in, in people that are, uh, you know, wanting to learn? Uh, you know, different equestrian styles and horseback riding and. Oh yeah. There's a huge <clears throat> demand for that here. Like it's, this area is very unique compared to anywhere else I've ever lived. Cause there's just, there's a lot of people who uh, are interested in the horses, but don't have like the opportunity or haven't been around it or anything. And our community has a lot of history and like horse farms and ranching and that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. a lot of people have it in their family, but they've never done mm -hmm. it because it's kind of turned into a city now. Right. And, um, and that just creates a ton of demand. And so we get, we have just tons of people inquiring every day. Yeah. So what, what was your plans be, before, uh, you know, you started doing this? Cause you said you had, you, you hadn't planned on doing this. What, where, where, mm -hmm. where were you going for a career path, uh, before this? So whenever I moved here, I had just graduated from Eastern Arizona College. Mm -hmm. I had my media communications degree and I wanted to be a video editor and go to college for post-production. So uh, I wanted to go to school in California because that's kind of the place to be for that. Right. But it's so expensive. I wanted to live here for a year first so I could get in-state tuition and then right. transfer to a university. Um, and that, that didn't happen. I just got stuck, uh, with doing horses. <laughs> well, you, you must have some experience with videography and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, you can always, uh, uh, incorporate that into your lessons. You could do like video training and, uh, there's a lot of stuff you could do with that. Oh, totally. Yeah, for sure. And it is still something I enjoy doing for fun, but I think I'll keep it more of a hobby now. <laughs> right. So, uh, what, what type of, uh, software or do you do you use a certain software for doing your video editing or any of that stuff 
So for free softwares that I can just put on my laptop, DaVinci is by far the one to go with uh, Uh because you can color on it. You can, you know, do all the editing, do your audio stuff, that kind of thing. For the bigger stuff that I want to be nicer, I like Avid for... um, the video editing, but right. it's it's an older program. It's a bit more clunky, and right. so it takes a lot of space. It yeah. can do a lot, but it takes a lot of space. So I prefer to color in DaVinci and edit on Avid. Um, but just for my laptop, I just do it all on DaVinci because it's something my laptop can handle. <laughs> yeah. So you you, you got to split your time between the hounds and then the uh, uh, you know horseback training and lessons mm-hmm. and uh, what. Uh, What's your what's your schedule look like? How many hours a week are you working doing all this stuff? Uh, I don't know the hours, but I do. I get up at five and I get home around 10 every night and I do <laughs> hounds in the morning and lessons in the afternoon. And um, and it's just seven days a week every day, <laughs> seven days a week. Yeah. So yeah. you're not you're obviously not afraid to work. No, no, I enjoy staying busy. I like it a lot. And I figure if I'm busy now, then later when I get other things that I have to do, I can maybe take a little step back and enjoy things a little bit more. Now, I think, you, did you mention earlier, you you, know, you said kids, your kids that you do training with, right? Yeah, the, yeah. You don't, yeah, you don't have kids. No, no, no I, yeah. just, I just claim my lesson kids. Right. <laughs> I just claim them as mine. <laughs> right, that's great. <laughs> That's great. How, how many how many kids do you do you have that you're training anyway? I mean, on average, um, we have around sixty right now. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All different levels. Yeah, all different levels. My, uh, it's kind of fun because for there for a while since I was new at it, I just had so many beginners, and it was like I was just doing just tons of beginner stuff. And I, and beginners are hard. It's just very like emotionally exhausting because you're so stressed out for them all the time because you <laughs> right. want them to like be safe and, and right. learn and everything. But then as they get older, you don't have to worry about them so much and it gets so much easier. And it's fun because this past year, I've really seen where the kids that I started with two years ago are really like, like they're good now. Like I don't right. have to worry about them. I can I can even have them tune up my lesson horses, which I used to have to tune them up right. and um, and just stuff like that. And we're going out to barrel races. And like even tonight, I'm taking, I think, like nine kids to go to a sorting lesson. Oh, and um, and it's just fun. And like we'll go to the barrel races. We'll have three trailers full and 11 horses and a whole lot of kids and people <laughs> just going out there to to experience it. So it's they're getting to a really fun level where they can do more and start start discovering things more. That's so, so cool. Mm-hmm. So cool. So now, are you are you competing now too? Do you do any barrel racing or anything? You you able to squeeze any of that in? Yeah, I do stay pretty active with it right now. Um, I I just kind of have younger horses. I have a lot of three and four year olds, and mm-hmm. then I have one eight year old that I have on kind of like a feed lease type situation with a friend of mine. She got surgery, so she wasn't able to ride her. So I'm right. just working with her um, until she's ready to take her back. Uh, but she's pretty green. She's an eight-year-old, but she's going to be something really good when she puts it all together. She just needs that experience. So I'm kind of donating my money at the time with that one, <laughs> but it's fun. <laughs> and then I have uh, Gunner. He is my he's my good barrel horse right now. And he is he's probably the most talented horse I've ever sat on, but his head is not the best. And it's kind of like either we're going to have a great time, win the 1D, or we're going to run to every single fence and not see any barrels. <laughs> so we're still working on that one. But he's a great horse and he's he's uh 
he's also a work in progress, but I love him. So it's just a lot of babies, a lot of training and, and hopefully in the future I can be more competitive again. Yeah. Where, where do you, where do you see, uh, you know, your, the horse, uh, horseback riding, horse training, uh, business going, what, what, what's your, what's your vision for that? So uh, there's, there's a few different ones. Cause you know, it all, everything changes all the time. Yes. But our uh, biggest thing right now is we want to get the lessons separate from the boarding because it is just really hard having it all in that one area. And we're trying to stay out of the boarders way and make sure they have the arena open and, and we right. can still do our lessons and stuff. So my biggest goal right now is to get our own space where we can grow there and then long term i'd like to grow this one and train enough people up and even like lesson kids if they want to get into coaching have them stay and start coaching there enough right. to where i can leave this one on its own and go start the same program somewhere else and just grow it grow it grow it as much as i can yeah that's that's super super great i mean uh because one i mean you're helping to introduce so many people new people into uh, you know, the, the equine industry and world, uh, which just helps everybody in all disciplines, uh, because the more people that are aware of it and involved in it, the, uh, you know, just kind of like the less pushback we can get from people that aren't involved in it. Yeah, um, exactly. And I do. And I think rodeo people and just horse people in general, they're the best people you're going to meet. They're just everyone. And it's so amazing. And the more people we can get involved in that and to learn that there is that type of group of people out there who will support you and still be competitive, but still support you and help you out. I think that's just really important because a lot of sports, at least in California, aren't like that. They're just very cutthroat. Right. They don't really care about other, other people's kids. They just want their kid to win that kind of right. thing. <laughs> so I think it's really cool to get the kids involved in something where everyone's rooting for you and everyone will help you out. Yeah. Very cool. So you're not, you're not, then you're not going to school or anything now. You're, you're done with college for now. Anyway. Uh, yeah, for now I, I stopped at my associate degree there and, um, I might go back later, but not yet. Not yet. You you yeah. got your hands full with 5.00 AM to 10.00 PM. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 20, <laughs> seven days a week. Right. So, um, in all, all your years of, you know, rodeoing and, and, uh, you know, being around horses and everything. Do, do you have a, a favorite brand of cowboy hats? Um, not so much. I'm not super partial to any specific hat, but I do tend to get like when I get a good one, I do mm -hmm. not let that thing go. Right. And uh, and so I kind of I had a really good one that I liked, and then um, my dog actually ate it, so I don't remember <laughs> the brand. But <laughs> right now I have uh, I believe it's a Twister, and it's it's been okay. I think it. It needs a little bit of breaking in, but you know, it's been good. Yeah. Very cool. How about boots? Cowboy boots? Uh, definitely area. It's been my favorite. Although I heard a rumor, which I haven't Googled it to see if it's true, but I believe Nike bought them out and I've heard that they aren't as good now. What? But that's what I heard. Don't take it for real. Cause no, I haven't looked well, it up. I but think this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, but that's what, that's what I heard. And so I, I don't know, but they've definitely been my favorite in the past. Oh, this is, this is, that would be crazy if they did. I'm Googling it right now. I'm just yeah, trying to yeah, see. Yeah, please you, do. Cause I yeah. haven't confirmed this. I just was told this. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it. Well, that's the way we learn stuff. Yeah. Right. You know, cause I know that I've seen Ariat now in, uh, uh, in buckle. Have you, uh, you know, the store buckle? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I know yeah. buckle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, they carry miss me's too. The jeans. Oh, they do? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We're having a pause in the uh, thing as I'm. <laughs> <laughs> we got to figure this out. <laughs> yeah. And, and we're not sure if our. Oh, it, this is hilarious right now. I'm trying to Google in Instagram. How, how's that? For... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, hey, while I'm Googling this, um, how, how about uh, cowboy movies? You got a favorite uh, cowboy movie? Oh, cowboy movie, man. Um, Maverick's pretty good. I like that one. And then for a horse movie, you got to go with Hidalgo. That's a great one. Yeah, that is um, a good old movie. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, the classics are good. I don't know if they're classics. They're probably not. Well, I'm just young. <laughs> yeah, Hidalgo was, <laughs> was, probably, was probably made before you were born, I think, wasn't it? I I don't think so. Wasn't no? it like 02 or something like that? 03? Okay. All right. I don't know. Well, you, I'm just you... I'm just telling a bunch of lies. Don't believe me. I'm talking about what I don't know about. <laughs> okay, so right. So this is what I'm this is what I'm looking at right now. Area International Inc., a Western and equestrian footwear and clothing company famous for outfitting the United States Olympic equestrian team, providing boots for the cowboys of the professional bull riders inc. has been sold to the Fisher family, the dynasty that founded the gap. But this was okay. in two, this was in 2012, so that's old right there. Oh yeah, that's and, a long time ago. And I did not know that 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 they uh, were purchased by them back in 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, well, we're learning all kinds of stuff. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So anyway, so Aerate is your favorite your your favorite brand of boots, and is it because they're more comfortable or or what? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I tend to be very hard on my boots because uh, I wear them all day. Right. And like even the ones I have now, I've had them for six months and they already have giant holes in them. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like them. They're comfortable. You don't have to really break them in. And they're just you're just good to go with them. Now, um, you know, I met your dad. And uh, did you guys did you live over here in Arizona, too? I mean, is that where you're from originally? Yeah, I was born in Hobbs, New Mexico, but I okay. mostly grew up in Arizona. We lived in Colorado for a little bit. We've lived in different towns around Arizona, but uh, Safford is the place that I grew up the most. I was there for about 10 years. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Safford, um, that's, uh, is that, is it Southeast or? Yeah, or just, mm-hmm. yeah. Southeast yeah. Arizona, yes. And where's it close to again? I mean, I know it's I kind know. of by Wilcox. Okay. Um, gotcha. There's not a whole lot near it, to be honest. It's kind of the big city where it's at. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like Tucson's two hours and Phoenix is three hours and there's not a whole lot in between. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Real, uh, real old West country there for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot of farming, a lot of ranching. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so where can people um, uh, follow you on uh, social media? The Top Gun Horsemanship is a good one. It's on Instagram and Facebook both. Okay. And then Strides Academy is our school, and that's at Juniper Trails. But we don't post a ton on those. So the Top Gun Horsemanship is the one you're going to want to be following. Okay, perfect. And then um, you, you don't have a website or anything yet, huh? I do have a website. It's topgunhorsemanship.com. Okay, cool. Topgunhorsemanship.com and then also Top Gun Horsemanship on Instagram as well, mm-hmm. right? Yes, and Facebook. And Facebook. Yeah. Well, Talena, it's been great uh, you know, talking with you and getting to know you. And and uh, you know, your when your dad you know, 
mentioned you and started talking about you very proudly, of course. Um, I just, <laughs> and then I, I looked at your Instagram, I got intrigued. And so I'm I've, I've just pleasantly surprised uh, with, you know, everything that you're doing. I'm so happy that, that I had you on it because I learned a ton and you never know, I, I may make the uh, trip out there and just, you know, do the fox hunting one time. Just for, Oh, that uh, would be great. You totally to- <laughs> should. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just might have to do that. So, uh, cause you guys aren't, you're not that far from us in Marietta, no, right? It's about five and a half hours. Yeah. 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 It's just a short drive. Not too bad. Very cool. Yeah. All right, Talena. Well, Hey, thanks so much for coming on and, and sharing uh, all your information and knowledge. And, uh, it's, uh, I'm just, I'm super excited. I'm really happy for you and, uh, look forward to seeing, uh, you know, what you do down the road. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You bet. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Sounds good. legendary men sons of the desert and riders on the wind I got a restless spirit burning deep inside of me I ain't got much but I'm free I've always been one to do it my own way I'm making my living between the saddle and the stage I don't know nobody nothing Everything I got's my own Some say I'm just a band to the bone I'm a cowboy, yes I am I was born to rope and ride I'm a cowboy, that's my brain Until the day I die set of strings from the radio to the rodeo i'm gonna do my thing i don't compromise on nothing what you see is what you get i may be broken busted but they ain't killed me yet i'm a cow